No uh, cold open this week as um, I, again, apologize for putting out the episode very late this week. I did obviously have something planned to get out this week. Uh, today is Jan- or today is Monday, November 29th. I plan on planned on having this recorded about 24 hours ago and getting it out this morning. But uh, being an OU fan was struck by the traumatic, traumatic, just insult to injury after the last 48 hours of OU football and that uh that actually affected me a lot more than I expected it to so I was I was emotionally unable to get a uh to get a podcast episode out yesterday in retrospect that's going to look very silly but it's just it's just kind of the truth um I'm not a sports commentator I'm not really a sports analytics guy so I I I, I I'm not going to give really any commentary so that just uh my um my thoughts and prayers are with the the young men of the OU football team who have obviously had the carpet yanked out from under them and, you know, everybody affected by this uh, kind of drastic decision of whom there are many. And I just hope in the long run that this can turn out to be a beneficial, um, beneficial move for both parties involved, including the university, um, the football team and coach Riley. But with that, that is Oklahoma related, but we have entered the season of Advent and I think it would be a good idea to sort of similarly as in October, I focused on maybe scary stories and spooky stories with the season of Advent to talk about these traditions related to Advent and Christmas as they exist in the West and hopefully tie them into some traditions that we have in the state of Oklahoma. Sometimes that will be a little bit harder to do, but I've kind of made up my mind that I want to talk about Advent and Christmas related things over the next several weeks, at least until the end of Twelfth Night in January, or maybe the Feast of the Epiphany, we will see. And I think that this is something that you're going to get a lot out of too. So welcome to the America of America podcast, Sad Boy Hours edition. Let's talk about Advent. I think I'm actually going to put this out in the evening to and welcome to the America of America podcast. As always, I'm Will Milam. And again, this is our special beginning of the Christmas, well, the Advent and Christmas season edition of the America of America podcast. And today, again, we're going to talk about Advent a little bit. Advent, as all early church traditions, has existed for a very long time, came to be in the first couple centuries after the death of Jesus and the uh the beginning of the Christian church, but we don't actually have a good date to say when people first started observing the season of the leading up to the nativity of Christ on December 25th. And it was here in the sixth century that we began to see take shape the season of Advent, meaning that season of several weeks before the date of Christmas, whereby we seek the advent, which means coming or arrival. And this is kind of a double entendre because it observes one, the coming of arrival of the first coming of Christ in the incarnation 
and the second coming of Christ in the resurrection. And I'll talk more about that here in a second. But again, it was about 567 in the Council of Tours, where the monks were first ordered to fast every day in the month before Christmas, meaning the season of Advent. So Advent, as we now know it, is kind of the beginning of the commercialization of Christmas at one time was actually kind of a mini Lent, though at the time when the liturgical calendar was taken more seriously in secular society, this wasn't as uncommon as it might seem today, where the only time we hear about fasting really is Lent, if anybody really fasts at all anymore. St. Gregory of Tours would go on to write that the celebration of Advent also began earlier in the 5th century when Bishop Perpetuus would state that after St. Martin's Day, which is dated on November 11th, the average person is to fast three times a week up until Christmas. But if this kind of fasting prevailed, it did not exist everywhere, and it wasn't until 581 that this practice was actually expanded to all of France and all the dioceses would observe this Advent fast. These series of fastings would remain at least until the 9th century under the period of Charlemagne, the Emperor of the Franks, King of the Franks, I think it was Emperor of the Franks, who eventually would go on to be the first Holy Roman Emperor. Uh, and those in under his reign, it was still kind of dated that uh, a lot of people were observing these Advent fasts. Over the next several centuries, the fasting would begin to die off in the general public. It would stay with the especially pious, but it became not so much a, a universal practice amongst the French or any sort of Western European culture. But its legacy would remain on because even though this is kind of out of bounds for this week, the idea of the 12 days of Christmas as being this period of feasting was really premised on the fact that you were fasting for all of Advent, or at least that was kind of the thought process for a lot of the upper class in Tudor England, which is kind of the last bit of real old-timey Christmas uh, festival feasting before the Reformation and kind of the destroying of the old Christmas traditions with the Puritans. But that's neither here nor there, but just know that by the 14th, 15th century, the, the fasting that we saw in those early Middle Ages was not nearly as prevalent. What did remain, however, was the sense of Advent as a season of preparation for the coming of Christ, again, both as a preparation of the commemoration, the birth of Christ in the incarnation of the Nativity, which in the feast day is December 25th, the date uh, that we celebrate Christmas, uh, as well as looking forward to the second coming of Christ. Um, if you are a Roman Catholic, or I, I believe in any Orthodox, smaller Orthodox Christian tradition, you see this in the readings of the first Sunday of Advent, which are very, very uh, prevest towards the second coming. In fact, they are, for such a cheery and happy season, they are some of the most harrowing and kind of anxiety-inducing lines out of the gospel, Christ warning us to be uh, to be watchful because no one knows the day or the hour of Christ's second coming, and just stirs as kind of a stark contrast in the tone between kind of the, the more commercialized Christmas uh, season that we know where, you know, it's bye, 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 um, gifts for your family and friends versus this liturgical season of Advent where we're really prepping for something um, and it's kind of a more of a cult of piety. Though all of Advent is a cult of piety, it is distinct in those four weeks. So in the Western Christian calendar, 
Advent is four weeks, starts four Sundays before Christmas, and obviously ends with Christmas. In the Eastern Christian churches, it's different. I'm not of the Eastern um, Christian faith. Well, I'm, I'm Christian, but I'm not of the Eastern uh, Christian practice. So I'm not going to opine and pontificate on those here because I'm going to get them very wrong, as I'm probably getting the traditions of my own faith very wrong. So I apologize for that. But on the first Sunday, the readings are focused towards the second coming of Christ. On the second Sunday, it is focused on uh, the beginning of the Gospels where John the Baptist says to prepare the way for the Lord, which again is also kind of an anxiety-inducing, harrowing experience. The third Sunday is something called Gaudete, which is a Latin word meaning rejoice or joy. Sunday, which is um, one of the dates that is, uh, it's a Sunday that where priests wear a different color and there's a different color lit on the Advent wreath, which is something that I will get to very soon. And the readings are more joyous and it's more focused on the optimistic views of the second coming of Christ. This uh, kind of reminds me of Laerte Sunday in Lent, which if you know anything about Lent and Laerte Sunday, Laerte Sunday is a Sunday in Lent where you kind of relax your Lenten fast and you are you're kind of happy that Lent is now halfway over. So it kind of is interesting that they are both Sundays in the middle of these liturgical seasons kind of associated with this optimistic joy. The fourth and final Sunday of Lent uh, is where you really start preparing for the nativity. The gospel readings are about Mary and Joseph and the early part of their marriage, and especially as they prepare for the birth of Jesus. Now we come to the most visible symbol of Advent, which is the Advent wreath, which is a wreath of either holly or more commonly fir, which has four candles. In my tradition, it would be three purple candles and one pink candle, uh, like I said, for Gaudete Sunday. There is a diversity of tradition, actually, as to what the candles mean. Uh, some people say that they are the stages of salvation, where the first candle being the forgiveness of Adam and Eve, the second being the faith of Abraham in the promised land, the third being uh, the lineage of David, and the fourth being the Old Testament prophets. Uh, from a more explicitly um, Christian perspective, they could symbolize the four stages of human history, which is the first candle being incarnation, or excuse me, creation, two, incarnation, so the birth of Jesus, three, the redemption of sins, the death and resurrection of Jesus, and fourth, and finally, the last judgment. I know I said I am not going to focus on the Eastern churches, but I will go in and say that from what I understand, Advent is a longer season in Eastern Orthodoxy, as it seems everything is. I know they have a longer Lent too, which, man, that that would be really hard. But it does also mean that the Advent wreaths in the East, I believe, are bigger, and they have six candles. I have no idea what they symbolize. I imagine you could probably find it online, and it's probably a better source than me. One last reflection I'll leave you with is, uh, Father Mike Smith, who's probably the most famous um, internet evangelist, maybe second to Bishop Robert Barron right now, had a really good video from a couple years back when he talked about Advent is, should 
you should think about is the preparation of if you were to die the morning of Christmas and have to meet God, that is the season of preparing for that. Um, by this, you know, maybe death or the second coming, one of the most famous Advent hymns, it's actually technically an Advent hymn and not a Christmas hymn, is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, which speaks um, kind of ambiguously about whether or not it's referring to the first incarnation of Jesus, um, obviously a couple thousand years back, or the second coming. But the church now, I think, always, at least from the homilies that I've attended during Advent Masses, is to emphasize the need for penitence and forgiveness. So this Advent, I will be focusing on forgiving my biggest enemy in the world, Coach Riley, and hopefully it will come up with some way to forgive him, as I'm called to do by my Christian faith. But on the more commercial side of Advent, there are, there's still actually a lot of cool stuff to do. Um, obviously, this marks kind of the commercial beginning of the commercial Christmas season. Black Friday being the Friday before the start of Advent is the biggest shopping day of the year in the United States. And I think it's still a pretty big shopping day in other parts of the world, including Europe. You'll see in most major cities, ice skating rinks begin to begin outside, which is, makes for a very romantic date spot. Or if you're just in ice skating, is very cool. Bars start serving festive drinks like mulled wine and mulled cider, which are excellent and should be drunk all the time of the year when it is cold. Uh, Christmas cookies get made. Pie gets made. The food gets much better. Um, Advent calendars of many days, 24 days of chocolate. Are available. Um, I recently purchased a tea advent calendar, which was a spur of the moment purchase, but so far I've been very happy with it. So, you know, and it's also a good time to really prep for the coming of the Christmas season and to focus on the important things in our life, like our friends and family, especially coming off of this Thanksgiving season where I was able to take the time and reflect it. Some of the happiest moments in my life have occurred at breakfast tables over a good cup of coffee or at bar tables over a good glass of beer with some very good friends and good conversation. And I truly believe that it is those experiences in my young life that have made my life the most fulfilled and are those experiences along with my loving friends and family that I think that I am most thankful for. And I think that we should use this season of Advent to not only reflect on those things that we're thankful for, but also to seek penitence for our own faults and transgressions, maybe forgive our enemies, maybe reach out and offer a kind and sincere apology to the people that we have wronged. And if people seek to come back into our lives, maybe we should offer them that grace. People do very dumb things when their emotions are high, and I think we should extend them some grace as we would hope that they would do for us. And with that, I'm Will Milam. This is the America of America podcast, and I can't wait to get back next week. And we're also going to talk about something Christmassy, Adventy. Obviously, I know those are separate things. I've just harped on it, but they kind of go together. So I'll see you next week.